Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, so thank you for tuning in to Chomping at the Bit again. My name is Kyle Edwards, and um, this episode, so it's been a week since the Braves won the World Series. Uh, We're going to go ahead, just take a look back at that series real quick. Um, You'll kind of see what led to the Braves winning the World Series, which uh, was their first since... I believe it was 95. Um, we'll also take a look at, I guess, the offseason plans for each team. And then, since we're now into the MLB offseason, we, we will then look at the MLB offseason awards where, you know, they come up with the Cy Young for the AL and the NL, Rookie of the Year, MVP, Manager of the Year, all that. So we we learned who the nominees are for each award, go through them, kind of handicap each race. Uh, I'll let you know who I feel will win. Maybe if there's anybody who was snubbed from the list, we'll, we'll go through it like that. And really kind of just put a, I guess, bow on the 2021 baseball season. Uh, of course, we'll talk more baseball once, uh, you know, the offseason really gets going. We have some free agency, maybe some trades and stuff. We'll talk about that. But like I said, go ahead. One last look at this past season. And then we can move on. Because uh, what I do plan on doing is I'm going to try to give you an episode every day. For at least a week starting with this episode and I have topics planned out so got plenty of material for you guys but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do that for you see how that goes if I can do that may I do it again next week as well so um but yeah so if this is your first time tuning in to Chomping the Bit appreciate it uh hopefully you like this episode and then you know, you'll you'll feel like hitting subscribe or just liking the episode. Uh, depending on where you are listening to the episode, leaving a comment, review, all that good stuff. So with that, go ahead, take a look at this World Series real quick. So remember, I did the episode after game two when the series was 1-1. And I told you that the three games in Atlanta... Atlanta had to take two out of the three to really have an opportunity to win the World Series. They ended up taking games three and four, which did surprise me a little bit because I thought they would probably win like three and five. But they got three and four, went into game five, elimination game, 
Astros are able to pull that one out uh, to send it back to Houston down 3-2. So, came on after game five, told you that looking at game six and seven, best chance for Atlanta would be game six because after losing game five, if they were to lose game six, winning a game seven would probably be out of the question. Plus, I did say Braves in six. So, of course, I was focusing on game six. And the key to game six for me was the Braves are going to have to score first and put up multiple runs. Because then that way you can take the crowd out and then, uh, well, I guess at this point, rewind back to game six. That's exactly what happened. Went first two innings, scoreless baseball. Third inning, get a couple of runners on. And then uh, Solaire gets up to the plate, absolutely crushes the ball to left, puts three up on on the board, quiet goes silent. And that was the perfect setting for Atlanta to take game six down in Houston. I mean, they added to the lead. Uh, Dansby Swanson hit two-run homer. Uh, Freeman hit a solo homer. And they ended up winning the game 7 nothing. So, like I said, Braves get their World Series win. Uh, first since, like I said, mid-90s when they had the Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox teams. Uh, it was the... I mean, I think that was what the last Super Bowl for the major sports in Atlanta. So... Big deal for the city. And, you know, they had the parade and all that last week. But now, looking ahead to the offseason, though. Uh, oh, wait. And um, Solaire was the MVP of the World Series. And, I mean, there was really no other choice at that point. Because he had he hit, like, a couple of home runs in the series that were just so big to the Braves winning it that... There, there just wasn't another choice. So, uh, and also in game six, you know, the Braves pitching, as I said, was the key. Limited Altuve, Correa, and Bregman's production. Bregman was awful in the World Series. Just, just a side note to everything. Now, Altuve and Correa weren't exactly great. But they did a lot more than Bregman. I don't know if Bregman was dealing with something or what, but it seemed like he couldn't hit anything. And obviously, that was big for the Braves. So, uh, now looking at it, uh, the biggest free agent for each team, for the Braves, is Freddie Freeman. You got to figure that's got to be... Item number one for the offseason, you know, kind of get a gauge for what he's looking for. And of course, if you're the Braves management, you got to look at it as, yeah, we'd like to have Freddie Freeman back, of course. But I, I mean, I don't think the Braves will, you know, go uh, astronomical to re-sign him. Because Freeman will be sought after in free agency, of course. Now, this is an area where 
if the National League had the, you know, if the Universal DH was a thing and the National League had a DH, which it should, once again, I think I've talked about this before, but baseball is dragging their feet on that. Don't understand it. And it's for certain cases like this where if they had it, it would be beneficial to National League teams. Because uh, Freeman is, what, 32, 33 at this point. Sure, he's a first baseman now, but once again, if the National League had a DH, the Braves could re-sign him with the simple plan that, you know, he plays first base for like a year or two, and then you transition him into a DH, and he would be fine. So I don't know if that's going to be something that Freddie Freeman thinks about this offseason, maybe possibly going to an American League team for that very reason that, you know, he won't have to worry about playing first base his whole career. Um, I mean, he's a pretty big guy. I think he's had a couple injuries in his career, but, you know, not like he's injury prone or anything, but it's just that he's a great hitter. So, you know, you can um, better manage his season where he can platoon between first base and DH in the American League. And then for the Astros, their biggest free agent is uh, Correa. I believe he's a free agent uh, this offseason. And, you know, he's a shortstop with power, plays good defense. So he's going to be sought after. Um, I think we've already heard like the Yankees would probably go for him. And, and then him the other way. Since he plays shortstop, he's probably going to get a lot of looks from National League teams as well. So he's going to be well sought after. So we'll see if each, uh, if either team can bring that guy back or not. I mean, I think for for Atlanta, probably replacing Freeman would be a bigger deal than the Astros replacing Correa. Because even if they lose Correa and you bring in a shortstop who doesn't exactly match his offensive production, I mean, you still have Altuve, Alvarez, Gurriel, Tucker. Hopefully Bregman bounces back. But you have enough offense in that lineup to really uh, you know, be able to handle a more uh, more of an average hitter or something. Now, for the Braves, like I said, the Braves are pretty in lineup. And, of course, getting Acuna Jr. back next year would definitely help fill the void if they do lose Freeman. But it's going to be interesting to watch during the offseason to see what teams pursue Freeman. I'm, something tells me he might make the jump to the American League, but we'll have to see. And wouldn't be surprised if Correa goes back to Houston. But he'd probably command big money, so it's going to be a real decision they're going to have to make. But, um, but yeah, and I also believe I saw that this World Series was um, in terms of the ratings, I think it was down from the past couple of years or something. I gotta say, I guess I understand 
because I think I, I mean, I talked about this before the series started that Braves Astros, I didn't really think move the needle across the country. I mean, yeah, Braves with the Atlanta market. Sure. They tuned in. And some fans, like I said, probably tuned in for the Astros to lose because Astros aren't exactly the most well-liked around the country. But I think if you're going to have the Braves in this series, you probably would have been better off with the Red Sox with the whole tie-in of the Braves starting in Boston. Maybe that would have helped. But ultimately, I think they would have rather have had Red Sox, Dodgers again. And then... Yeah, so, anyway, you know, congratulations to the Braves, and, you know, being down in the Atlanta area, you know, the Braves were a team that have been building towards this for a few years. Now, I wasn't expecting it this year, I'm not going to lie about that, but, you know, they were putting together young pieces as well as mixing, you know, veterans and homegrown talent. And they were really building towards something. Other teams in the city, I can't really say that for. So for the fact that the Braves, who I thought were the closest, actually got to that level and then got over the hump and won their title, I mean, I have to give them all the credit in the world for that. Of course, now the question will be, you know, what do they do next year now with the target on their back? Because you know the Dodgers aren't going anywhere. Uh, the Giants will have to see. I mean, I don't think they're going anywhere. But we saw years past where they go, you know, really good year, off year, really good year, off year. So we'll have to see with that. Um, assuming the Brewers probably aren't going anywhere. Um, and then even in the Braves' own division. Because we know how the American, I mean, not the American League, the National League East is, where it's kind of a toss-up most years. So, I mean, I don't know. The Phillies could be right there with them. The Nationals and the Mets and the Marlins are kind of what they are, I guess. But, but yeah, the competition's going to be tough for the next year. So, we'll have to see what little modifications they do to the roster to try to help and going back to back, which is tough to do in any sport, but you know, we'll just have to see. So, I mean, that wrapped up the World Series. But like I said at the beginning, uh, I want to go ahead and take a look at these uh, awards and uh, like I said, go through them real quick. You know, it's not really anything that you have to go through, um, like, real in-depth or anything like that. But um, let me see. Just pulling them up real quick. Okay, so, so like I said, we're talking about MVP, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year. Uh, they also did Gold Glove and Silver Slugger. So I guess we can look at those real quick. You know, since they're already given out, but kind of look at the list real quick. See if there's anything that looks a little off. But really going to pay attention to more of the awards that haven't been announced yet. 
Uh, I believe they get announced. When do they start announcing them? Yeah, they start with the rookie of the year, which they announce on Monday. So Monday's rookie. Monday we learn rookie of the year winners. Tuesday we get the manager of the years. Wednesday, MVP. No, sorry. Wednesday's a Cy Young Award. Thursday are your MVP awards. Makes sense. MVP would be the last one. Um. Okay, so they did Gold Glove. I have a bunch of awards. Some of these we don't really care about. Actually, we'll skip Gold Glove and Silver Slugger. I'll just let you know that. So the Gold Glove Award, they basically just give that to um, you know each position in the field, the person they felt defended that position the best so I mean it's gold glove and they even give it to pitchers which I think is pretty pretty cool um, I mean to be honest a lot of the people on each of these teams for the gold glove I'm not going to sit here and lie and act like I watched each of them play to know if they actually deserved it or not and silver slugger I mean it's a little easier to judge because that's all about best hitter at each position. So real quickly, we'll go through that. I mean, American League, Salvador Perez was your catcher. Pretty obvious. He's, I mean, he's probably the best hitting catcher in the league in terms of power and all that. Uh, so that's no-brainer. Vlad Guerrero Jr. first base, no-brainer. Simeon second base, no-brainer. He had a great year for the Blue Jays. Kind of, it was kind of interesting with the Blue Jays to see because they also have Teoscar Hernandez for the outfield. You know, they had they had a really good lineup, and you know they somehow missed the playoffs. And even their pitching stuff wasn't like that bad or anything. It was just that uh, I think they they started off a little slow. And then they got, like, real hot towards the end of the year. And then cooled off at the very end of the year once it looked like they weren't going to make it. But the Blue Jays are young, so they're definitely up and coming. Uh, But, you know, third base, Rafael Devers, no-brainer. He had a great year for the Red Sox. Uh, Yeah, like, around 40 home runs, over 100 RBIs. Yeah, no-brainer. Bogarts at shortstop, no-brainer to me. And then the other outfield positions, Aaron Judge, Cedric Mullins. Uh, I mean, I was actually surprised how good of a year Cedric Mullins had for the Orioles because don't really pay attention to them that much because the Orioles and they lose like 100-plus games a year. And then the most obvious one, Shohei Otani as the DH. Uh, National League, Buster Posey, who I believe retired. And then Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albies, Austin Riley, Max Fried pitcher, so you can kind of see the Braves. 
how how good their lineup was, let you know how how they made it that far. Tatis Jr. shortstop, no brainer. Soto, Harper, and Castellanos as the outfield. Okay. Yeah. So let's go ahead and look at the awards that haven't been given out. So rookie of the year. Um American League, you got a Rosarena and Wander Franco from Tampa Bay. Luis Garcia from the Astros. We saw pitch in the World Series. He actually pitched game six, so he struggled a bit in that game. Um, I mean, the only person I could think of who you could have added to the list or whatever was like what Garrett Whitlock with the Red Sox because he had a great year out of the bullpen, kind of a, a Swiss Army knife for them. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I would take one of the three off for him. So, I'm, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, a Rosarena has a lot of heat behind him for the playoff run last year. Okay, so in baseball, you're considered a rookie because Rosarena played last year, but he didn't play enough games in the regular season to really count as a full year of service. So going into this year, he was going to cross that threshold. So this technically counted as his rookie year. Kind of confusing, kind of a little weird, but, you know, that's what it is with baseball. So I do wonder, because of his performance last year in the playoffs, and then he still had a good year this year if they might give it to him. But I mean, Wander Franco had a good year. So I'm assuming it's between those two. Now them being on the same team, I don't know. I'm probably, I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be a close race between the two. But I don't think it's a situation where they'll take votes from each other and Garcia wins it. I think it's going to be one of the Tampa Bay guys. I'm going to go ahead and lean a Rosarena. Um, let me see what kind of numbers did he put up. Uh, let's see. I know he was a pain in my Red Sox side. I mean, Tampa Bay in general is pretty tough on them. Let's see. Okay, Tampa stats. Here we go. I mean, I'd be surprised if he didn't have like 30 plus home runs. All right, so Rosarena was. Do, 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 do. Huh? Not right. The stats there. Oh, had on postseason. My bad. All right, so Rosarena, he was 20 home runs, 69 RBIs.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. To be honest, those numbers are a little bit lower than I thought. He hit 274 pretty good. 20 steals, so he's a 2020 guy. Okay. So what did Wander Franco do? Wander Franco. 7 home runs, 39 RBIs. What? Okay, I guess it was a little bit of a rough year. So, I'm going to go with Rosarena. Franco might be a type who kind of like would. Oh, no, he's already in for rookie of the year. If he didn't play enough games this year, it would have been the same thing with Franco next year because Franco had a pretty good postseason. That's why I thought his numbers in regular season were probably better, but they weren't. So, I'm going to go with Rosarena there. National League, Dylan Carlson, Jonathan India, Trevor Rogers, Miami. I mean, those are three. Well, Trevor Rogers, I know. Dylan Carlson, Jonathan India. I mean, I didn't watch a lot of St. Louis or Cincinnati baseball. I'll tell you that. So I guess just based on that, I'm going to go Trevor Rogers. Um, okay, manager of the year. Here we go. So American League, Dusty Baker, Kevin Cash from Tampa Bay, Dusty Baker, Houston, Scott Service, Seattle. Now, there's one glaring omission from this list. And it's probably the manager who should win manager of the year. I mean, I'm talking about Alex Cora from the Red Sox. The Red Sox coming into the year were supposed to win, I think they were set at what, 79 and a half, 80 games. They ended up winning 92. And, you know, we saw last year basically the same Red Sox team with a couple of new faces here and there was one of the worst teams in baseball. They reinserted Alex Cora and they turned into a playoff team and were a couple of wins away from making it to the World Series. So the fact that Alex Cora is not even nominated, we all know why. It's the whole, you know, Astros thing, whatever. He missed the year. Okay. I don't think that should play 
into this year because they weren't caught cheating this year. So why can't he be manager of the year? But I guess baseball's trying to make a statement, whatever. So going off of these three here, I'd probably go Dusty Baker. I mean, even though Houston was pretty stacked before, he did have a really good year with them. So I think Dusty Baker is the choice there. Uh, I wouldn't be mad with either one of the other guys. Kevin Castro, Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay is just the success story of every year. You know, they don't spend a lot of money, but they get a lot of wins. You got to respect that. And even Scott's service with Seattle. I mean, Seattle didn't make the playoffs this year. And that's nothing new because a lot of years going into the season, Seattle's picked as a team that could make a playoff run, but they always fall short. But this year, I mean, they were in it longer. They were in it to like the last weekend of the season. So it was a good year for them. Wouldn't be mad, but I'm going to go Dusty Baker there. Uh, nationally, got Craig Council from Milwaukee. Gabe Kapler, San Francisco. Mike, how do you pronounce that? Shield in St. Louis. This one seems obvious, too. I feel like it's got to be Gabe Kapler. The Giants have the best record in the National League. And mind you, they were in a division with the Dodgers, who won like 100 and... What, they were like 104 games, and the Giants won like 105 or 6. So I think that one's a no-brainer. And uh, Gabe Kapler, I believe he just got a contract extension, so... I mean, they're compensating him for the great year. So, yeah, I think that's an obvious one, Kapler. I mean, Milwaukee with Council, they did have a good year. But, yeah, I think that was a no-brainer. All right, next set, Cy Young Awards. We got American League. We got Garrett Cole with the Yankees, Lance Lynn with the White Sox, Robbie Ray with Toronto. I think name recognition, yeah, you're gonna, they're going to give it to Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole had a, a really good year. He did have a little bit of a streak, I think like a little after the All-Star break, where he struggled against some teams. He struggled against the Red Sox a lot of the year. But looking at the three guys, he is the best pitcher out of the three. So I think Garrett Cole gets that one. National League, Corbin Burns from Milwaukee, Max Scherzer with the Nationals and Dodgers, and then Zach Wheeler from the Phillies. <sighs> I know Zach Wheeler had a great year. Scherzer had a pretty good year too. think they might go Scherzer. It's got to be Scherzer or Wheeler. I mean, no offense to Corbin Burns, but I think it's between those two. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Scherzer. I, th I think that's who they'll give it to. Like I said, Wheeler had a great year. Actually, let me see. 
What kind of numbers did Wheeler put up? Uh, was that the Phillies? Yes. Like Wheeler had a crazy low ERA. Zach Wheeler, 213 innings, so 200 plus innings, that's good. Um, what was his ERA? 278. That's, that's really good. 14 wins. I mean, wins, wins mean less and less in terms of pitching anyway. So, I mean, Wheeler, that's that's good. Let me see what Scherzer did. I'm assuming I have to look up with the Dodgers because that's where he ended. Uh, postseason, regular season. So, okay, Scherzer. Yeah, this is just kind of Dodger numbers. He had a 198 ERA with the Dodgers. So I'm thinking that might be the last thing on people's mind. And not saying that ERA is the only thing, but I think the fact Scherzer being on the Dodgers with the year the Dodgers had, the great numbers that he put up, I think it's going to work in his favor. So I'm going to go Scherzer over Wheeler. And then the big award, the MVP, you have... In the American League, you have Vladimir Guerrero, Shohei Otani, Marcus Simeon. I did talk about this before because I feel like they're going to want to give it to Otani. And not like Otani didn't have a good year. Actually surprised they didn't put Otani in the Cy Young talk, even though he only pitched. I think he only had like 10 starts or something, but whatever. Um So I think this one they're going to give to Otani because with the year he had, he deserves to get some award out of it. I mean, he did get the Silver Slugger, but um, they want to give him a, one of the big boy awards. So I think Otani wins MVP, but if it was me, I'd give it to Guerrero Jr. Because Guerrero Jr. carried that Toronto team he was the most consistent guy in that lineup, even though they had other players in the lineup that were good. But he was the most consistent, and there were stretches of the year where other guys were slumping, and he carried that team, especially late in the year when they made a run towards the postseason and fell a little short. That was basically all on Guerrero's back. Uh, Semyon had a good year for the Blue Jays as well, but... When you're up there with Guerrero, it's Guerrero over you. So, like I said, Otani will get it, but Guerrero should win it. Um, like I said, not to say that neither guy put up, you know, big numbers or anything. I mean, if I had to guess, pretty sure Guerrero probably put up like 45 home runs. And he probably drove in like 120 or something. Let's compare them real quick. All right, so Guerrero hit 311. Hit 48 home runs. Now, mind you, this day and age, a lot of power hitters hit like 
240. So for Guerrero to hit 311 with 48 home runs, I think that's great. Um, 111 RBIs, okay. I don't know, did he steal a lot of bases? And he had four. I mean, Guerrero is not exactly the fastest guy. But yeah, 48, 111, 311, okay. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. And then for the Angels, and like I said, Otani's going to get it, probably because of the pitching aspect, which unfortunately Guerrero isn't, I mean, he doesn't have that on his resume. But Otani was 257, 46 home runs, 100 RBIs. So if you went straight numbers, Guerrero's the easy choice. But it was the year of Otani. It was just unfortunate Guerrero also had a great year. Uh, MVP in the National League, got Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr. This is a few years ago. It probably would have been Soto. I, mean, I know Soto's a great player, but I feel like, I don't know. I feel like he kind of gets lost in the pool of players now. I would have said Tatis Jr., but I think all the craziness with the Padres this year. I feel like that's gonna hurt his case for some, you know, for a reason. I think this is the word they're gonna want to give Bryce Harper. I mean, Bryce Harper had a good year, and yeah, I just think they're gonna want to give it to Bryce Harper. So let me just make sure, you know, look at his numbers real quick. And see if they're actually MVP worthy or not. Hit 309, 35 home runs, 84 RBIs, 13 stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to go to Bryce Harper. Um, I said this before as well. Interesting to me that the three candidates for the American League and the three for the National League. None of them were on playoff teams. I I mean, I guess. I mean, baseball does love their numbers and their advanced metrics and all that. And I'm not going to go into that because, I mean, it gives me a headache with war and was like VORP and all that stuff. I, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it's too much. But, um, yeah, I've always found that interesting. And I believe believe my caveat to the MVP was 
I'm okay with you picking a team that, you know, didn't make the playoffs. But if they were at least close, then fine. That sounds like with Guerrero. I think they finished with a game out of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not going to completely kill uh, his campaign because of that. But the National League, I mean, Fernando Tatis and the Padres, they came into this year with a lot of hype, did not live up to it at all. I mean, they were like, what, 20 games out in the division. Wild card, they weren't a factor. Philly and Washington were in the National League East where the Braves won that division with 88 wins. And they won it by like six games. So. But then again, MVP is a individual award. It's not team-based. So just got to look past that. I just find that interesting. Seems like most years the guys who get nominated, a lot of them are on playoff teams. But um, that's it. That's all the awards. So we'll have to see starting next week who wins what. Uh, then I guess we'll come back and talk about it. Probably won't do a full episode on it because, like I said, don't need to go that deep into all of it. So I'll probably do it as, you know, starter to another episode. You know, start off talking about it and then go into whatever main topic I want to talk about. But, um, but yeah, so like I said, I'm going to try to give you seven straight days of episodes starting with this one. Um, so I guess what can you look forward to for these seven days? Uh, so tomorrow's episode, well, at this point, I guess it'll probably come out later today. I got to look at week 10 in the NFL, of course, know how that goes once the weekend hits. Got to review the Sunday, Monday slate. My picks as well. Had a rough couple of weeks, but looking to bounce back. Uh, After that, uh, so this would be what, like Sunday? So I recorded Sunday. Should be available. Uh, Probably in the evening on Sunday. But we're going to talk about USA Mexico. They played Friday night. Great game. Um, USA, you know, won the game. So we're going to go through what happened there. Look at the fact that USA has now beaten Mexico three times this year, which is, I mean, if you're a soccer fan and you've paid attention to the USA Mexico rivalry, you'll know how odd that is for the U.S. to do. And then in looking at that, look at kind of what's going on with this USA team and why there's a lot of optimism for, you know, fans like myself who have watched U.S. teams come and go, fail Olympics, I mean, fail to qualify for Olympics, fail to qualify for World Cups, qualify for World Cups, not really make it that far, and kind of wondering if this... Uh, U.S. squad could ever be uh, I guess a national powerhouse could they be a factor in a World Cup look at all of that 
then then there's a couple of uh, topics I'm going to talk about this week that I'm really excited about because uh, if you if you are like me and you watch a lot of analysts and stuff on TV, now maybe it's not something you pick up on, but I really pay attention to certain people because a lot of times you can hear certain narratives that kind of develop there and then you'll go on you know Twitter or YouTube or something like that and you'll start seeing people who kind of fall into believing these narratives and you know do videos and stuff on it so basically I just say all that to say um so like next was it so Monday do an episode about NBA narratives that need to stop I'm going to go through as many narratives as I can think of. Uh, uh, Tell you the truth about them. And give you a reason why they need to stop. Now if I do think of more than I could put into the episode. I'll do a second part. Some part. I mean sometime maybe the following week. But then Tuesday. I'm going to do the same thing with the NFL. Those the, those two sports, NBA, NFL, there are narratives that definitely need to stop because, as in, if you know, if you're an unsuspecting fan and you hear this kind of stuff, you can kind of you know get biased towards certain players and teams and stuff. But I'm gonna try uh, try to give you the truth on some of these. And then uh, after that, we'll be ready to look at Thursday Night Football by that point. So that'd be next Wednesday. And then look back at week 10, what happened. And then next Thursday, I think it's the first time I'm going to look at the college football playoff. So I'm going to talk about, yeah, because the new playoff rankings would have come out by Tuesday. So we'll look at that. And then talk expansion talk. I don't know. Well, I know that the talks for expanding the playoff are kind of in limbo right now. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on that. And then that'll be the week of shows. So seeing how this goes, and we'll try it again next week. So, yeah, uh, I think it's a good place to end this episode. Uh, if you like this episode, like I said earlier, drop a like, hit subscribe, uh, leave a review, leave a comment, whatever you want to do. It's fine with me. It'll definitely help me out. Uh, even if you leave a comment and you have you know criticism of the show, please do so. Um, you know, even though I've done what, like a hundred and. 25 episodes or whatever there's still room to grow so let me know what you think um so like i said with the two topics with the narratives that need to stop a lot of that comes from twitter so you follow me over on twitter at chopping podcast you could kind of get into some of these conversations that i have with people and see what i'm talking about um there's also the Facebook page as well. You can like that. 
episodes drop there when you know they get posted so yeah that pretty much covers everything um so i guess i'll leave you with my usual here uh, have a good one out there be safe of course god bless i'll catch you in the next episode all right i'm out Introducing Carvana Value Tracker, where you can track your car's value over time and learn what's driving it. It might make you excited. Whoa, didn't know my car was valued this high. It might make you nervous. Uh Uh-oh, market's flooded. My car's value just dipped 2.3%. It might make you optimistic. Our low mileage is paying off. Our value's up. And it might make you realistic. Mm, Car prices haven't gone up in a couple weeks. Maybe it's time to sell. But it will definitely make you an expert on your car's value. Carvana Value Tracker. Visit Carvana.com to start tracking your car's value today.